Thursday afternoon. It's the NTT20 betting show sponsored by Black Type Bet. Welcome and thank you for tuning in. Black Type, the sponsors, are offering a £10 free football bet for those of you who sign up to a new account using the offer code NTT20. Many of you have been involved already. Many of you have done well with that. Some of you less so, but crucially, you don't even need to deposit in order to get that. So give Black Type a go. Sign up using code NTT20. Now, not only are they dishing out free bets to those who sign up, they're continuing to dish out free bets to those who win scoreboard and it was truly scoreboard galore this weekend congratulations to Hugh, Alex, Corey and to Walpole Brit as well when Forrest and Stoke went nil-nil we knew it was going to be an issue for black type that was the most popular pick and so it proved four winners by far the most we've ever had this week of course only 22 games to choose from across League 1 and League 2 there are some postponements this weekend George one of the postponements uh, really tickled your fancy didn't it the Yeovil Lincoln game you like that yeah, it's just quite funny that the, the you know the international three of Yeovil's players one has to play for Benin, one has to play for Luxembourg, and then the Irish under twenty ones is thrown off. It's just uh, it, it yeah it amused me that a lead two game was postponed for for those uh, for those reasons. No Fisher in the England squad just yet, but um, not yet. Surely it's there. only a couple of uh, only a couple of years. George will be answering your punting related questions each week, and we've got a couple lined up for him at the end of today's show. So thank you for sending those in even if you don't make it this week we're making a note of them all so we will be working our way through them before we get into our picks for the week across league one and league two we'll also be looking at um, one or two championship outright markets as we've got a bit of a break and we can take stock see if anything stands out but i'm i'd like to be the first to offer a sincere apology for last week's picks George, I'd like to never punt on the FA Cup first round again. Uh, it truly was uh, the worst weekend that we've had out of 15 so far. Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's an old saying in, in betting that you learn, you learn through your pocket, and I think we both have. Um, next time, um, it's, it's an FA Cup weekend. I think we'll stick to what we know. Um, our non-league bets, they actually, I mean, you were unlucky. Well, with they were all food, draws, basically. They were all draws, which is just frustrating. It just shows that you should, should be greedy and maybe uh, bat them on the Asian handicap or draw no bet. Um, anyway, you had just one correct uh, selection, so you were minus 5.2. I had one correct selection, but luckily for me it was my nap, so I was minus 2.8. Yeah. That means we're both now in the red again. You were minus 6, I'm minus 0.6. Um, it's frustrating. I feel like we're in a false position now. Um, <laughs> I feel like we were greedy last week and we, shouldn't, we should have just left, uh, left it well alone, but... We go again now with, with League One and League Two, which is our bread and butter. Well, Shrewsbury sat their manager off the back of that game against Salford. Salford, the better side there. There's, there's lots of sob stories, but um, the, the only positive for me, my Reading uh, BTTS pick, uh, Reading Ipswich, landed after six minutes, and it was the same game that you had tipped as a long shot, to be fair, uh, to be nil-nil. So that was a, a good start to the weekend for me. It didn't get any better. Um, let's start with a match in focus, and it's an interesting one this week. Uh, we wanted to talk about Berry and Stevenage. We worried that if we put it up to a vote, some um, teams with bigger fan bases might win the vote. So we're not entirely democratic, but usually we are. Um, but w- we wanted to talk about these two teams because they are flirting, both of them, with the playoffs in League Two, and we hadn't focused on them yet. Stevenage are actually two points ahead of Berry and just outside the playoffs on goal difference. But, George, it's Berry, very short price favourites for this one at home. 1.6 with black type bet. Uh, Stevenage 5.5. 
Um, uh, nine to two, that is, in fractions. And the draw is just under three to one. So why, you've been looking at Berry, tell me why they are one of the shortest-priced favs across the, uh, the EFL this weekend. <sighs> They're the data, the data man's dream, really, Berry. Um, I think they're second for XG ratio um, in League Two this season, just behind MK Dons. Um, since they've added Nicky Maynard to their ranks, who's been brought in as the goal scorer, they've really improved. The results have started to, to come around to, to the numbers they were projecting. They've got someone to finish off those chances they were creating. And at the moment, I think there's a fair argument to suggest they're possibly the best team uh, in League Two currently. I think MK Dons will have something to say about that as well. But, huge shout. But the way they're going, I mean, they've lost one game um, in their last five or six. That was a, a very, very poor away loss at, um, at Port Vale. Um, but they're doing it well. I mean, if, if you're looking at what they did in the FA Cup, they, they scored five goals. They've scored, um, it is 12 goals in the last three games in all competitions. They're really starting to purr. Um, their home form is very good indeed. Uh, dispatching Notts County 4-0 as well um, recently and, and, and Grimsby 4-0. So we've seen how they can put some of the poorer teams away. Um, what and, what and do as we a, think is so good about them? Is it system? Is it personnel? Is it the manager? Well, I, I mean, I think bringing Maynard, I was pretty sceptical of signing him, but I, but I think he's obviously doing a good job. I don't think you can necessarily say it's all down to the manager, who, who's still a bit of an unknown. Um, but we haven't really given him any credit so no, far. No, no, exactly. And but if you're saying the data has them right up there. Absolutely. He deserves huge credit. You can't, you can't deny that um, at all. I think that in terms of quality of player, you're looking at people like Jay O'Shea, Danny Mayer um, and Neil Dans, who, who should be yeah. quality at this level, and they're proving to be so as well. Um, obviously Neil Dan's getting I think his first goal for the club and following it up with his second four, four minutes later it was the first goal of the season I think um, four, 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 four minutes later Jay O'Shea should be absolutely quality at this level they're creating chances very easily um, and we've spoken a lot about Danny Mayer and how it's a bit of a shame that he's still playing in League 2 but he's finally fulfilling the potential that we know he his, has his dribbling stats this year are genuinely almost like Eden Hazard like <laughs> relative to League 2 level he's far and away above anyone else and, and it's easy to forget that this Berry team I mean were, were either favourites or just short of being favourites for League One last season. Um, they, they spent a lot of money in the summer. Lee Clark um, clearly wasn't the man to do it and they ended up getting relegated. And, and whilst they have lost a few of those players, you know, this was a, a pretty expensively assembled squad for League One. So the fact they've got a manager now who seems to have united them and, and got them playing football where they're creating chances and also solid at the back, you know, they've got to be promotion hopefuls and I think that's the reason why they are such short favourites to beat Stevenage I'm sort of flip-flopping here uh, after my research on Stevenage and I think we're actually going to be opposed with our picks and we're both going to go essentially with the team that we analysed which is maybe the first time that's happened Um, Stevenage are up there obviously just outside the playoffs on goal difference uh, there's a there's there's an interesting one they are not the data man's dream they are very much uh, out playing overachieving whichever phrase you want to use uh, in terms of their underlying performance data and their xg numbers this season it's been a very consistent level above um, what the what the data says so i've been trying to work out why that might be well Firstly, they've had a very easy schedule. Uh, ben Mayhew, Experimental 361, one of our favourite websites to research the EFL. He does these great fixtures 
charts pre-season, which looks at how difficult each team's schedule is. And it uses the pre-season odds to basically say, well, you know, this team are playing in their first 10 games, you know, eight of the, of the heavy fancied teams. But Stevenage have only played one team that was in the bookies' top six favourites for League Two. And that was Notts County, who out of those teams are the one that, that have completely underachieved and, and um, they drew three all with. So it's about to get really, really tough for them. They've got Berry, of course, MK Don, Swindon, Lincoln, uh, Northampton and Mansfield are their next six. And I think it's probable that they will slide down the table in the coming weeks. In terms of outdoing their XG, um, sometimes you can, especially down at League Two level where the XG um, data gathering is, is slightly less precise, you can maybe try and find some reasons for that. They, they're, they're a bit like Burnley um, of last season in the way that they uh, get so many bodies um, behind the ball when the opposition are in possession. They defend very deep, a lot of blocked shots. Scott Cuthbert, a huge part of the defence um, from the clips that I saw, always throwing themselves and getting in the way. So I think, although they face a lot of shots, I think if you were to break it down, they would probably be facing relatively low-quality shots most of the time, and, that, and that's impressive. Going forward, they're not an attacking team, Stevenage, but they are or have been very, very efficient with their attacking. Um, they play in a 4-4-2, um, often with Alex Ravel and, and Curtis Guthrie up front, who are big guys, um, but they're not a Route 1 team. They attack with width, they work it out wide, um, and they work it well. They're, they're pretty good on the ball generally as a team. And I think a lot of that comes from the, the midfield. Um, Joel Byram and Michael Timlin, their central midfield players, they both give you a bit of everything and they've been really impressive. Uh, as a team, they win their duels. They play with intensity and a competitiveness that is, you know, that is an intangible thing, but you can also see it. Um, and that's been played out this season. So Mamria has created a, a really intense side and one that um, is making it very difficult for the opposition and they play right till the end uh, plus five goal difference in the last 15 minutes of games that's the second or third best in the league just one goal conceded and six scored so fitness impressive character impressive um, they look well coached they look well drilled and a special mention to the fullbacks Luther Wildin uh, who came in from Nuneaton where he played for Dino Mamria there and Seddon who's on loan from Birmingham um, they've been getting rave reviews all season. So I'm, I'm impressed with this Stevenish side. I, I do understand why the prices are as they are, but because there's such a discrepancy in price and it's a one-off match, uh, I am going to try and get with Stevenish here. I'm going to do so with a double chance bet at 2.2. So just over even money. Um, Stevenish or the draw would be a winning bet for us. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping... Uh, that everything I've said and, and the reasons why I think they might be overachieving their numbers might come to pass in this match. What's your pick for, for the Barry stevenage game? Yeah, for me, this is this is fairly simple. I think the one team is better than the other. Um, but the issue is that Barry are, uh, are a very short price and I wouldn't want to just tip them up at 2-1 or whatever they are. So um, I'm going to back them to cover that minus one handicap at 6-4, to four, which is still a pretty skinny price for, for a minus one. But the way that you know, the rate to which this Berry team is scoring goals, um, I don't think that Stevenage necessarily have the tools to trouble them. So, um, yeah, so Berry minus one at six to four. So the only way that we can be wrong between us is if Berry win by a single goal. <laughs> so <laughs> stick, stick that in the racket. We're in direct competition. Let us know on Twitter at NTT20pod. If you have a look at this game, and I think it'll be an interesting one, um, let us know which side of the fence you fall. It'd be interesting to hear your thoughts. Into our individual picks now, George, where's your nap coming this weekend in the EFL? 
Yeah, it's in uh, it's in League One. It's Bristol Rovers against Scunthorpe. Um, my nap is Bristol Rovers at twenty three to twenty. Um, Scunthorpe obviously got that uh, point in their last league game against Oxford. I was at the game, and as everyone who who listened to the podcast on the Monday afterwards knows, I wasn't impressed with them whatsoever. Um, they were pretty porous at the back. Oxford haven't been a team to create many chances this season, but they were a very good value for their three 0 lead. And despite coming back from three 0 all three goals were you know, we'll work from set pieces, two of them indirectly, one of them from a direct free kick. Um, and then it was almost a bit of a, uh, I don't know, it wasn't great that they couldn't go on to win that game as well. They didn't really trouble Oxford much, except for a long, long range strike at 3-3 with Oxford on the ropes. Hmm. So I'm, I'm not necessarily convinced that the form's turned around despite a good 2-1 win in the FA Cup against Burton. Um, I'm happy to draw a line through that cup form. Um, the Bristol Rovers, on the other hand, have... Uh, you know they're having a difficult season truth be told um but they did have a, a big three points at home to afc wimbledon which kind of stopped the rot at least of not being able to win and score goals the 3-0 win away at blackpool last time was maybe flattering but again it proved that they found a, sc- a scoring touch whilst keeping two clean sheets against good teams and the 1-0 defeat at barnsley is, is by no means um nothing to be embarrassed about whatsoever uh, yeah, I, I think that the Scunthorpe price, or so the Bristol Rovers price, would be different if, if Scunthorpe had, as they should have, as they deserve to, lost the game against Oxford. And any notion this is going to turn around quickly is probably misplaced. Um, so it's just a bit of, it's not a strong selection. Going, going through the, um, the fixtures this uh, weekend, I wasn't particularly enamoured with many of them. Um, but, rules are, but rules are rules mm-hmm. uh, we have to have a nap and I'm more confident with this one than my League 2 pick so um, a, you know a, a tentative nap um, a one point nap let's say this but is my we've got to have two on it though this is my favourite uh, game of the weekend uh, just for one crazy quirk of, of goals stats basically so what happens when Bristol Rovers meet Scunthorpe in terms of goals Scunthorpe 32 co- 32 goals combined in their last eight games uh, Bristol Rovers only eight goals combined in their last eight games that's goals for and against uh, Bristol Rovers haven't had both teams to score land in their last eight games but as you can imagine Scunthorpe's BTTS record this season is very very good for yes uh, Bristol Rovers at home scored seven conceded seven and away scored seven, conceded seven. So it's an interesting one in terms well, think, of what 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 I think crucially what, what that wins tells out you, an irresistible attack. But it's not. I mean, but that's that, but that's misleading. It's not an irresistible attack. I mean, <laughs> Bristol Rovers keep a lot of clean sheets. Scunthorpe conceded a lot of goals, um, and then you know the three goals they scored last time out in the league was flattering. So you know, so it's a bad or, attack with a good defence against a, a medium ba- attack with a terrible defence. I'd, I'd say a bad attack with a bad defence. Okay. So well, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Fingers crossed for Bristol Rovers. What's the price for them uh, with black type? 23 to 20. It's best price on odds checker as well. There we go. Uh, my nap is also in League One. No, it's not. My nap is in League Two, and it's Tranmere Rovers against Crew. They're away at Crew. We've spoken about Crew a few times this season. Um, if you just look at the league table and you look at their goals scored, it doesn't look too bad. Uh, but if you take out the opening day, Anomaly, the 6-0 win that they had, they are actually one of the worst attacking teams in the lead, in the league rather. Um, and if you look at 
well, what else do you want to look at? Their home form is not great, really. Against the good teams, they've been really bad. Uh, they did nick a win against Stevenage after a 12-minute red card to a Stevenage defender. They also got a point against Berry. Uh, anyone who watched that game can attest to, to Berry's domination. But they failed to score against Lincoln, MK Dons, Colchester, Newport, Mansfield, uh, Carlisle, Port Vale and Northampton. So really struggling to find the net. Uh, on a game-to-game basis. What they are good at, crew, is beating bad teams at home. So the majority of their points this season have come from beating Swindon, Morecambe, Grimsby and Macclesfield at home. Uh, But, unfortunately for them, Tranmere are not a bad team, quite the opposite. I'm quite close to calling them a winning machine. I think that's what they're becoming. Um, They've obviously, they had a great end to last season um, and they took a few games to get going this time around, but... Uh, Mickey Mellon's impact is just still huge on this team and individual players are coming to the fore. James Norwood, obviously, most notably, but Banks as well as Gilmore. Um, and, and they're an excellent team, uh, quite aside from individual players. So um, I'd be lying if I said that Tramira had been as, as good away from home as they are at home, but recent form is very good. Um, I feel very strongly that they are settled, confident, um, crucially that they know how to win games. I'm not sure the same can be said for Crew. So at 2.4, uh, Tranmere, very much my nap this weekend. And um, yeah, feeling pretty good about that one. What are you picking in League 2, George? So yeah, in League 2, um, Grimsby against Crawley. It looks like a pretty dire game of, of two teams who are struggling in League 2. Um, but no game which involves Elliot Embleton can ever be considered well, a dire game. Indeed. He's showing his class every week. Indeed, and it's that, well, I mean, I'm not a fan of this Grimsby team, um, to put it bluntly. I think they're going to be battling relegation, but there seems to be signs that um, the, the trophy experiment at, uh, <laughs> at Crawley isn't working particularly well. A 5-1 win, uh, sorry, a 5-1 loss at Tranmere followed up by a 4-0 home defeat against MK Dons. Of course, those are two of the best teams in the league currently, um, but even so, I'm happy. Again, I, I didn't like much in League Two, but I'm happy to take a chance that things are about to really fall apart at Crawley. And as such, uh, Grimsby can can make the most of it and, uh, and win it uh, at six to four. Looking at Grimsby's form recently, it started to improve. They were, they were beating Mansfield away from home before going down to one. Um, a really impressive win in, in the FA Cup against MK Dons as well. Um, and went away to Cambridge and nearly nicked a nil-nil draw, but lost one nil to a team who are massively trending upwards. So signs that, you know, at the end of the day, they're going to be fairly difficult to break down. They don't offer, offer very much going forward whatsoever, but it doesn't seem particularly hard to score goals against Crawley at the moment. So, um, as I say, we could be looking, possibly you'd be looking at Crawley being one of the poorer teams in the league, having not necessarily thought so. And it could be the case that if this game is played in two or three weeks' time, um, Grimsby would, would be a shade uh, shorter without really having to change what they've been doing. We, we started to realise in recent weeks that uh, there is some... Uh, interest in what we say on the podcast through uh, local news sites so you've appeared quite a few times on various local news sites Plymouth Herald Bristol Live among others uh, with just quotes from the podcast and if the Crawley local news want to write anything about you basically telling them they're not very good then I can see the headline already League Two Pundit tells town fans to wake up and smell the choffy uh, that was very long-winded. That was the longest segue I've it ever was. heard into what's a, a quite a good pun. Thank you. At least you've given me some credit there. I was, I, I almost pulled out of it halfway through, but you can't be doing <laughs> that these days. Uh, League One for me, it's uh, a game that's live on Sky. Hopefully you will all be watching at midday 
on Saturday. I know I will, just before we celebrate the man to the right of me's birthday, George turning 53. No, uh, George's birthday this weekend. Before we celebrate that, I'll be in the pub watching Fleetwood Walsall. And I really want to get with Fleetwood in this game. And it's more to do with Walsall, who I'm genuinely quite worried about. The recent performance data is hugely alarming and the reality of the results is not very good either so they've won two drawn one and lost five in their last eight games across that eight game period using uh, fox punter shot data they've been averaging two expected goals against per game which is really really high across any any division um, but easily the worst in league one uh, and they've just got that that early form just feels such a long way away now They've been so bad against good teams this season. Uh, They've played eight games against teams in the top 14 places and they've lost six out of eight, drawn two. Uh, That's compared to nine games against the bottom 10 teams in which they've won seven and drawn two. So it's clear that uh, Walsall are better than the worst teams, but much worse than the the better teams. There's calls from fans uh, for the manager Keats to to change the shape, to try and mix up the starting 11, that that 4-4-2 just seems to have lost its um, efficiency, lost its effectiveness entirely. Um, And I I just want to get against Walsall because I I think that if they uh, don't sort something out, they they, they can't really continue to play like this. Um, Otherwise, they're going to, you know, what is it, five losses in their last eight games, that form is going to continue. So Fleetwood, um, odds against 2.1, 21 to 20 here. I'm going to take the home team. They've not shown themselves, Fleetwood, to be quite at the level required for a promotion push or a playoff push at this stage, we've seen in flashes that they do have quality. Um, and, and, you know, on paper, Ross Wallace, Ashley Hunter, Paddy Madden, Chad Evans, they do have a lot of quality. Uh, so uh, it's just a case of them um, trying to pick their spots, really, and working their way through this Walsall side that is uh, a bit all over the place at the moment. So my League One pick is Fleetwood at 2.1. What about the goals bet? This weekend, George, where are you looking there? I'll keep this one quick. Um, going to the Stadium of Light, Sunderland against Wickham. Uh, BTTS, no, at five to six. Uh, I think Wickham will go to suffocate the game. They'll be going there. They'll take a nil-nil straight away. Um, they will look to defend first. Um, it wouldn't surprise me whatsoever to see Sunderland win this game to nil. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if Sunderland didn't score whatsoever because for reasons that we've already spoken about, um, they'd do a, a wee dip in form. I think I think that Sunderland are the likely winners of the game. There's no doubt about that. I'm not going to be backing Wickham in this one to win it. But at a shade of odds on, I, I think that both teams scoring um, is is fairly unlikely, and I'm happy to happy to go BTTS no at five to six. I had a look at, to see if I might dip my toe back in the draw half time Sunderland full time well, but the bookies are very much across that now, <laughs> so not much value to be had there, unfortunately. But it was a good run while it lasted. Uh, I'm going to the Kassam Stadium uh, for my goals bet, and it's Oxford Gillingham. Both teams to score. What do you reckon I've gone for? Yes or no? No. Yes, I've gone for no. <laughs> that was confusing. Um, yeah, it's odds against 2.05, so just a shade over even money. Um, on the whole, Oxford, are, and, and you must stop me if I say anything completely stupid, but I think they're defending pretty well. Um, that Scunthorpe game, of course, fresh in everyone's memory, but as we've discussed, it, it was really a few minutes of madness. In the last few weeks, uh, Oxford, I was going to say they, but I feel like I should say you. Um, uh, you've started to tighten up. Uh, you mentioned Moussinho moving into midfield. It's made a massive difference, a big influence. Four clean sheets in their last six games. Um, but you don't need to tell me, and the listeners certainly don't want too much more Oxford chat. Um, Oxford's 
attack is very poor, essentially. Um, they don't create a lot. They're not the worst attack in the league based on underlying numbers, but they're not far off. Uh, in terms of XG, their last four games combined, XG for those games, George, uh, less than Middlesbrough. So even more boring than Middlesbrough games at the moment, uh, Oxford's games. You can't be boring um, with Gavin White. And <laughs> <laughs> Gillingham's scoring rate's been okay in recent weeks. They've had some big wins, actually. The, the numbers suggest they're running a little hot. Uh, we know that... Tom Eaves on form is just a, a can be a real one man show, uh, and of course he's top scorer in the league now. But I think that either way, it's it's likely that it's going to be low scoring, and I like that the fact that it's odds against. So two point zero five Oxford, Gillingham, both teams to score no. This bet would have landed in eight of their last twelve combined league games as a pair of teams so that just leaves the long shot and then a bit of championship chat and then some questions. George, your long shot. Yeah, this is yeah. I mean, it, it's it's a win-only bet on on a team who are probably the biggest price in the whole of the EFL this weekend. It's Port Vale to beat Mansfield um, away at eleven to two. Um, I'm a fan of this Mansfield team. Obviously, very very hard to beat. Indeed, are they still unbeaten? Have they lost one? They've lost one. They've lost one game so far this season, so they're hard to beat. But there are just signs that Port Vale are starting to trend upwards. I mentioned the earlier that the beating Berry, who you know, is the only blemish in, in Berry's recent record, uh, their last away game um, as well was was a nil draw away at Stevenage, which is a fair result given where Stevenage are in the league. Um, the XG data has them performing pretty well at the moment as well. So, I mean, again, Mansfield are the likely winners. There's no denying that uh, in the terms of XG ratio at the moment. Um, they have uh, Port Vale are, are topping Mansfield, effectively, despite picking, not picking up the same amount of points. That's in the last four games. Uh, and over the course of the season, we can see that Port Vale are quite low in that. So it just shows how they're improving and coming into some form now. Um, I think that 11-2 is just, just too big, really, for, a, for a, what, on the face of it, when you look deeper... Um, is between two fairly evenly matched teams, despite the fact that obviously Mansfield are tough to beat, but that run's going to end soon. Um, so again, I wouldn't go crazy about this one, mm. but I think there's a shade in value in, in, in getting with uh, Neil Aspen's Port Vale. I'm really making the most out of the phrase long shot here uh, and really just having a bit of fun. Uh, this is a 14 to one shot and it is in the Colchester Newport game. I'm going to pick Colchester to be leading at half time and a draw at full time with an interest in a full turnaround Colchester half time Newport full time uh, two pretty good teams I think Colchester um, probably a, a better side but Newport with the home advantage uh, in the first half an hour of games this season Colchester have scored nine goals and they haven't conceded so really strong out the blocks very quick to get going I think that they are um, a decent shout to score the first goal here a decent shout to go ahead in this game in the first half but when you think of Newport, you think of you know never say die under Mickey Flynn, playing right till the end, late goals, um, real character. That's what keeps them um, up in the upper, upper echelons in the table. They are a, a team that drags themselves through games and, and gets themselves level, gets themselves ahead um, and defends with their life. So I think that if Colchester can go ahead, uh, I do think that Newport will still very much be in the game. Um, Colchester have tightened up more so this season. 
Um, but they're, you know, they're not the greatest defensive side in the world. So I think that they're there to be, to be got at away from home at Rodney Parade. If that gets going in the second half, I think this could be an interesting one. So uh, it is a very, very much a long shot. Uh, Colchester leading half-time, draw at full-time at 14-1. to 1, And Black Type, the best price by miles for the full turnaround, which is Colchester half-time, Newport full-time. So more than anything, just a fun one, really, um, for us all to follow. So keep your eyes peeled on Rodney Parade this weekend. Uh, and fingers crossed, because that would be a huge winner if something could happen there. Uh, wanted to just touch on some championship outright markets as we've got uh, a week off the championship. Uh, on the Black Type website, you found anything that piques your interest? I think you probably have, knowing you. Yeah, there's one that I really like. Um, I've been non-committal so far um, today, because I'm not a massive fan of, of the weekend's fixtures. But um, in the, in the uh, sorry, championship outright market, Aston Villa, um, Black Type, a standout 22-1. to 1. And I think that's an absolutely cracking each way bet. Um, we've seen how, already. How does each way work in and outright? So I think it's that one will be a fifth, the top three. Um, so obviously, double your stake, half your bets on them to win, and half of it is on them um, to finish in the top three. And you know, this Villa squad's, let's face it, were massively, massively underachieving under Steve Bruce. Not playing well, not playing the kind of football they wanted. The fans weren't really on board. But luckily for them, um, it's been a, a bizarre championship season which sees them only uh, nine points off the top at the moment mm. and nine points over the course of the season is absolutely nothing um, if you're looking at their upcoming fixtures um, they've got Birmingham and Forest at home as their next two games I'd expect them to when you'd think they've got a fairly good chance of winning both of those so they, if they get those six points they're going to be in the playoffs and not a chance um, are they uh, you know, they're not out of this whatsoever and it wouldn't surprise me to see them in the promotion area in a couple of weeks, let alone um, towards the end of the season. Dean Smith's come in and immediately um, changed, A, the atmosphere at the club, B, the performance of certain players, and, and the playing style as well. Um, we saw in that 3-0 win against Derby just the potential this squad has. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that it's a knocking bet in 22s. I'd be, I mean, I'd be absolutely amazed if they are not shorter, like a long way, a lot shorter than 22-1 to 1 in a month's time. Real overreaction to a 3-0 win at Derby there. Um, no, <laughs> no, I'm joking. But, I'm, I, but, it, but it's not even... I mean, that's fairly... I mean, it, it's, it's good to see progress on the pitch, irrespective of that, that one game. And if, if you're just looking at the squad as a whole, if, if Dean Smith can get that group of players playing well, then, you know, nine points is nothing. There you go. Okay, fine. Well, uh, I was looking at the goalscorer market. Obviously, Mopai is uh, too clear at the moment of Sharp. I have got a, a bit of an interest in Billy Sharp here at 15 to 2. Um, he is two behind Mopai at the moment, scoring at a similar rate uh, at a goal every 109 minutes, which is just a tick below Mopai. is about 105. It's level with Dwight Gale, who's also 109 um, minutes per goal. Uh, Sheffield United have got the best XG numbers in attack. Joint, uh, sorry, the second best behind uh, West Brom. Um, and uh, Sharp is a player who's generally stayed fit throughout his career in the last few years he's always available for Sheffield United uh, there have been two games I think this season where Wilder's opted not to start him but generally uh, Sharp is going to be playing and, and especially in games in which Sheffield United be looking to plunder the goal so uh, he's their most likely goal scorer going into any game he's, he's the second top goal scorer in the league and as I've mentioned and I think at 15 to 2 just uh, in terms of the prices here um, if I'm not looking to get with Mopai who I was on pre-season then um, this is an interesting one for me so Billy Sharp top goal scorer 
at 15 to 2 is of interest. A couple of quick questions for you, George. Well, I just had one other thing to point out. Okay. Um, I think the Sheffield Wednesday at 9 to 1 to go down is also interesting. <laughs> um, I went on Sheffield Live TV about three weeks ago and they were 9 to 1 and they've since drawn one game and lost two. And we've seen, you know, what we saw in the numbers come out on the pitch. And for them to, yeah, to be the same price as they were then, I'm not too sure about. It, it's, you know, it, it, it's probably a, in my view, it's a six or seven to one shot, so it's nothing, ma- nothing major. But, um, but yeah, I think again, black type of stand out there um, ahead of you know taking a view that that I'm that I'm wrong. So when you, when you, you are look at relegation markets, uh, do you ever consider the fact that there will be teams probably like Sheffield Wednesday that uh, will or may well change their manager? Because sometimes I've had it before where I've backed against a team, they've changed their manager and he's sort of steadied the ship. You can't, you can't really account for that, though, yeah. much, because you don't know who they're going to appoint as well. Um, I mean, it is obviously, uh, if when I'm on this bet, um, you'd, you'd probably want Luhukai to stay as long as possible. Yeah. Um, but it's out of your control, really. So if you think it's valid, you've got to back it. Well, I wasn't saying you could account for it, but maybe that it would put you off a bit, but obviously not. Uh, we've got a couple more questions for you here. First question is from Alex, and it's probably the biggest discrepancy between your average punters and people who take it a bit more seriously. It's about staking, George. And the question is, how do you manage your stakes and what staking plan do you use? I'm certainly all ears here as well. Yeah, I mean, I've probably got a three-point staking plan. I mean, there's, there's an a, a, there's a amount of money that you should have in your head it's basically a minimum bet, in my view, because if you know if your if your average stake is is say a one pointer is fifty quid, and you're throwing a, a twenty quid at something, then the fact is it probably isn't a bet, and you probably know that, but you're backing it anyway. <laughs> right. So I would argue, I mean, majority of my bets will probably be be a point um, in football, and then you should have an idea of what your max bet is, and you know that that shouldn't come up very often, only when you've got a huge. Um, you know, a huge bet. So, I mean, any, everyone's different. Everyone has their own staking plan. You see some guys have 10-point staking plans. You see some guys have two-point staking plans where it's, it's the same for everything and then just a two-pointer when, when they want to maximise it. Um, What's the thing in between having three-point plan as opposed to a 10-point plan? Is it just because you can't be bothered to work out the, the depth well, or the, I, I, the I think, relativity? I, I think everyone's very different. I mean, you need to maximise where you, where you see value. You need to maximise that as much as possible. Um, so, I mean, it's very hard. All I would say, the most important thing, and something that I definitely fall foul of sometimes as well, is just the importance of having a staking plan. It's massive. So even if I'm not here to tell other people how they should do it, but having an idea of what your, what your kind of average bet should be, almost what your minimum bet should be, and having an exact idea of your max stake, then naturally you're going to find something in between that where you understand the confidence. But I, I would, all I would say is, is I just recommend that, that you have one because it's, it's, a re- it's a good gauge of, of ensuring that you're putting enough weight on the ones that you really, that you really fancy. And the second question came from Tom. Um, it, it doesn't quite follow on from that, but it is not, you know, it's related to that, I suppose, which is uh, do you generally stick to singles in terms of your football betting or are you aiming for the mother load with ackers? Again, this is where there's a great disparity, I think, between the, the weekend acker hunter and um, someone like yourself who is um, doing it recreationally but also seriously. But yeah, I mean, th- there are a lot of people out there who, who, are, who are very smart and who are very shrewd who, who laugh at ackers. I mean, I personally rarely have multis. Um, I have about everything as singles, um, but you know if, if if you see huge value 
in three football teams and you back them all as singles. If you put them into multis, all you're doing is maximising the value. So in my opinion, people who, who scorn and laugh at Ackers, I mean, I, I think if you're having a six-fold every week and you're not backing them as singles, then you know, I'm, I'm not entirely sure you're doing it right. Why? Because cause if you think something is a bet at six to four, back it at six to four. You know, it's, it's that simple. Don't, you don't have to put it in, in with loads of other stuff in order to make it interesting. Um, if you're betting just to have an acker, then all that shows is you're, you're, you know, you're paying for the enjoyment, really, mm. in the hope that maybe you might back a winner. If you think something's val- value, then, then get on. Yeah, that was, that it was on a, a separate podcast, uh, same sort of question the other day, and, and uh, Nigel Seeley was talking about you know, those who make money out of punting football. The margins are pretty small. You know, you don't, people aren't making 50% no. return on investment they're making more like 6 to 8%. So if you're if you if you're you, he was basically saying you can't do that unless you're backing singles. Yeah. There we go. Well, good insight there George. Thank you very much for that and please make sure that you tweet in guys if you've got any other questions. Um it can be you know those are pretty straightforward really good but straightforward questions. Um, those are very welcome whatever you want to know send them in uh, and we'll do our best to get George to answer that we hope you've enjoyed this betting show sponsored by Black Type I'm just going to run through our picks but you can find them listed on the Black Type website as well if you just look down the right hand side bar uh, on the soccer page on the football page in the match in focus which is Berry Stevenage we're in direct competition um, George Berry minus one and myself Stevenage double chance so the only horrendous outcome which is growing more and more likely in my own head by the second <laughs> uh, is Barry to win by one goal that would really be a, a nightmare um, our naps were George's was in League 1 and it's Bristol Rovers at home to Scunthorpe mine is in League 2 and it's Tranmere away at Crewe in League 1 we've picked Fleetwood myself George in League 2 picked Grimsby uh, he stayed in League 2 for his long shot which is Port Vale uh, my long shot is Colchester to be leading Newport at half-time, but the draw full-time at Rodney Parade. As for our goal bets, both BTTS know this week, um, so praying for clean sheets in Sunderland Wickham for George and in Oxford Gillingham for myself. Uh, and we just had a quick look at a couple of championship outright markets. George noted that Aston Villa, uh, their outright price was a, a really interesting each-way shot. Um, and I just had a little look at Billy Sharp, um, a really small fancy there in the goal scorer market. But let us know what your picks are for the weekend. You can tweet us at NTT20pod. If Instagram's your thing, you can send us a message on there at NTT20pod. Uh, any feedback you guys have, please let us know. And if you've enjoyed the pod, please do retweet it and uh, we can spread this a little bit further. We would be most grateful. Uh, Until Monday's show, that's it from us.